The history of flight attendants can be tracked back to the early days of commercial aviation. In the 1920s and 30s, air travel was still relatively a new mode of transportation, and airlines were looking for ways to make it more comfortable and appealing to the traveling public. One of the ways they did this was by introducing flight attendants, who were responsible for ensuring the safety and the comfort of passengers during flights. The very first flight attendants were known as stewardess. They were almost exclusively all young, single women hired for their looks, charm, and ability to perform their duties. Some airlines even required them to be nurses and registered dietitians as they were expected to be able to administer first aid and provide meals to passengers during long flights. The role of the stewardess evolved during World War II when many women were called upon to serve in the armed forces. Airlines began hiring male flight attendants, known as stewards. However, it wasn't until the 1960s that airlines began to hire male and female flight attendants equally. The 1960s and 1970s were a time of significant change in the airline industry and flight attendants played a crucial role in shaping the industry's image. They were no longer there just to provide basic services to passengers. They were also responsible for promoting the airline's brand and creating a positive experience for passengers. This led to the introduction of more elaborate uniforms and flight attendants were often portrayed in marketing materials as glamorous and sophisticated. Today, flight attendants have come a long way, proving to be an essential part of the airline industry. They are responsible for ensuring the safety of passengers during takeoff, landing, and in in-flight emergencies, as well as providing the services to make the flight comfortable. To this day, they still play an important role in promoting the airline's brand and creating a positive passenger experience. Personally, I started to establish a greater admiration for flight attendants after the birth of my son in the United Arab Emirates. Because my family lived in the United States, I would travel 16 plus hours every few months from Dubai to America with my little one. Traveling this distance, especially by myself as a new mom, I was just a hot mess, made me have a great deal of anxiety. And without fail, the flight attendants on every flight went above and beyond to make sure I was comfortable. I'm so grateful for them and have so much respect for all that they do. With every career field, you have the great and the not so great parts of the job. Let's break this down. In the United States, the entry level education for a commercial flight attendant is a high school diploma or equivalent. The employment of flight attendants is projected to grow by 21% in the next 10 years, much faster than the average for all occupations in the United States. Additionally, the travel benefits allow flight attendants to experience new destinations and cultures globally. Finally, although aviation is a male-dominated industry, 78% of women are flight attendants and 29% of all flight attendants in the United States are LGBT. Love the diversity here. Some of the downsides to being a flight attendant may include the rising percentage of harassment, threats, and assaults in the United States. According to the New York Times, just a few days ago, an Alaska Airlines flight from San Francisco to Chicago landed in Kansas City, Missouri, after the passenger started acting erratically, refusing to sit in her seat, banging on the walls of the bathroom, and punching the overhead bins. At one point, the passenger threatened to kill the flight attendant on board. The unruly passenger was eventually arrested on a federal charge. I cannot get over this unfortunate story. Finally, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the 2021 medium pay for flight attendants is just north of $61,000 annually. Considering the physical labor, non-traditional work schedule, and the long stretches of being away from home, does the salary compensate flight attendants for their hard work?
Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Atlantic Aviation. Atlantic Aviation provides aircraft ground support in over 100 FBOs across North America, including locations in Hawaii and the Caribbean. I am proud to be partnered with a company that puts their people first and highly values diversity and inclusion. Atlantic Aviation's vision and mission is evident through the relentless focus on culture, safety, and service. Experience the Atlantic attitude today. Check out www.atlanticaviation.com to see all 100 plus locations and plan your next visit. Joining us on the Aviate with Shasta podcast this week is Roxandra Magdalena Mahai, founder and managing partner at Train Aviation in Romania. Roxandra also serves as the vice president of Women in Corporate Aviation. Mahai has over 30 years of experience working as a corporate flight attendant, flying predominantly in Africa, Europe, and the United States. Her company offers silver service for corporate flight attendant training, EASA cabin crew training, and so much more. In our conversation, Roxandra offers her international perspective on the flight attendant sector. She also shares the biggest misconception of flight attendants, key takeaways from starting her own business, and her thoughts on the increasing episodes and assaults on flight attendants in commercial aviation. Roxandra, welcome to the Aviate with Shasta podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here with you. And where are you um, currently located? I'm in uh, Bucharest, Romania. I'm in Europe. Very nice. So, Roxandra, we want to get to know you better. Take us back to when you were young. Where did you grow up and what was one of your most fondest childhood memories? Um, I grew up in Romania. I was born uh, one hour far away from uh, Bucharest, but I moved in Bucharest um, after I turned 18 years old. I grew up uh, in a very nice uh, city. And um, one of my um, fondest childhood memory is that the one with uh, someone from our extended family, a pilot who was visiting us from time to time. And... um, I remember the uniform, the blue uniform, and all the stories around him when he was around and he was visiting my family. And at that time, I think I was like 10 years old. Uh, It seems to me that um, uh, he was doing something extraordinary, being in the air every single day and uh, letting uh, letting us know about his uh, his life uh, over the clouds and stuff. I was practically mesmerized about this. Oh, that's amazing. You know, as I was preparing for this meeting, I kept thinking about the movie A View from the Top. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it with Gwyneth Paltrow. No, but I will. Yeah, she's a flight attendant and the way that she just conducts herself. Oh, I remember now. Yeah, I saw it. I saw yeah. it. Yeah, the one with, yeah, I saw it. Yes, yes, exactly. It was so cool. I think they made aviation so much more like Hollywood and exciting. And then at the end, she became a pilot, which was really cool. But yeah, I just thought of that. And I was wondering if you had watched it. Indeed. <laughs> Well, that's great. That's wonderful that you had someone in your family who um, showed you a little bit of what it is to be in aviation. So you are, are uh, your background is being in the flight attendant sector. You started your aviation career as a corporate flight attendant about 30 years ago, prominently flying in Africa, Europe, and the United States. So you shared a little bit about how this relative inspired you to think about aviation, but What attracted you to becoming a flight attendant specifically? Practically, I started my aviation career 35 years ago in 1988 in commercial aviation, uh, flying at that time for the Romanian national carrier. Um, It was my father who opened my eyes to flying because um, he strongly believed that this job uh, fits me like a glove. And he uh, he was not wrong about anything. Uh, he knew that in this way I would um, highlight my qualities, my personality, and uh, will give me will give myself freedom and independence. I'm a very friendly person and very communicative. Aviation also at that time in uh, in the 80s was very exclusive. Was a very exclusive industry, and um, 
Romanian national carrier was in, uh, in the 80s the largest airline in uh, Southeast Europe with a fleet of uh, approximately 80 aircraft and destination all over the world. Uh, it was very hard to get in, but um, a flight attendant at that time was a person um, who had to know a lot of things to issue a plane ticket, to print a plane ticket. Tickets were printed on paper. It was like um, a flea-let. Um, at that time, a flight attendant um, uh, used to know the handling rules of the company and how to check in passengers. Um, somebody was, uh, passengers needed someone to translate that um, uh, airplane tickets to, and what was written in there. So comparing it with the, with the day process, I realized that um, back then it was an extremely severe process with different exams, geography, two foreign languages, uh, and uh, very rigorous medical exams. So practically in 1987, I went to this exam. Um, the exam comes after eight-year hiatus during which the national carrier had stopped hiring flight attendants. So the selection was made from uh, 2,500 submitted files, and we were chosen uh, 52 of us, 47 girls and two boys, and five boys, five men. And uh, practically we were like um, very young, 18, 19 years old. So imagine for us, it was something um, very unexpected and very, very glamorous. It looks very glamorous at the time. Um, today, the process is very different. The process of hiring flight attendants is very different. And... Um, um, it's not so strict anymore. And uh, my first flight was in May 1989. I love it from the minute I stepped in the aircraft um, and I still uh, love it after so many years. So um, I don't know what to, what to tell about aviation. I realized that um, um, it was practically the best thing for me. And I strongly believe in my motto, Carpe Diem. I never stopped giving meaning to every moment spent on the ground and, on, and uh, in the air. And I think I've been writing stories on flying wings for 35 years by now. Um, I was very attracted at the beginning about the idea of traveling because at that period was a privilege that not so many people could afford it. Romania was in the 80s under a communist regime and traveling outside the border was something very hard and in special conditions. Uh, only after um, 1989, when the communist regime fell, uh, people were allowed to leave the country and travel freely anywhere in the world. But for me, this job seemed the perfect job, uh, giving me independence, giving me the chance to travel, um, a flexible program, and to work with people from all over the world. I still feel that enthusiasm uh, on my youth when I was doing something that others only dreaming of doing it. So it was quite very, something very brave, um, extravagant and very different. But it opened at the time an extraordinary path in my life and um, uh, made me uh, realize that aviation is only about people and their uh, ideals. Um, about the passion which they do, uh, with, uh, with which they do their job. So I can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about <laughs> it. It's, it's so incredible as you explain all of this. After I spent um, um, a lot of years in commercial aviation, um, I switched to, to corporate aviation. I had the privilege and the honor to fly with all the presidents and prime minister of Romania since 1992 till 2017. And also I flew with uh, one of the presidents of Rwanda. And um, um, that means uh, a lot of our professionalism, dedication, many sacrifices. Um, means about colleagues. Um, aviation uh, is, all about, is all about people. Yeah. Is uh, what we remember uh, and um, whom we get in contact with. Because aviation is a very small world. It is. You have such an incredible story. My gosh, I can't even imagine being in aviation and experiencing all those events that happen in Romania and then also having the opportunities to fly with uh, diplomatic people. That's that's really exciting. Um, 
So you have spent a great deal of your career as you know, not only a, a flight attendant, but also a in-flight auditor, instructor, uh, customer service and in-flight training. You know, the one thing that I think um, the general public might believe is flight attendants are there for service, but really they're there for safety. What are some of the characteristics that make an exceptional flight attendant? Well, I start as a junior cabin crew uh, and then I evolve and uh, I wanted to do more than being a flight attendant. Um, I have always loved teaching. So the idea of becoming an instructor and doing more than just flying was very appealing to me. Uh, I decided then to become a certified trainer and um, an in-flight auditor to use my skill as my skills and uh, expertise inside and outside the company and uh, the excellent career opportunities to switch to a corporate flight attendant role. And um, I think there are many qualities that make someone a good flight attendant. But um, the top four um, are empathy, customer service, uh, teamwork, and professionalism, in my opinion. Our primary job is to make sure that uh, the passenger has, um, are uh, safe and they have a very good experience. So the primary role of any flight attendant is always the safety of the passengers. Everything you do in the aircraft and uh, on a flight during a, or during a flight involves at least two members of the crew. So teamwork is very, very important. And um, however, you must have some well-valued qualities to be able to face the challenges of this job as a, as a flight attendant. Um, if we are talking about corporate flight attendant, uh, discretion is essential, creativity, uh, flexibility as well. You must have uh, developed the ability to adapt to any kind of situation, to show special attention to details, um, to be an excellent organizer and a person with um, well-developed communication skills, to manage practically your time effectively, to have constant tolerance and empathy, to be open to new things, um, to be able to do several things at the same time, to plan or organize events. You actually like working with people regardless of their different personalities and their different needs. Experiencing customer service uh, or experience in the hotel industry is a plus. Um, to overcome the problem of lack of experience, because we have uh, very young um, um, flight attendants, corporate flight attendants, um, you first have to face it. Maybe sometimes you will fail for the first time, but um, if you are, um, um, if you want to find a solution and to persevere to to achieve your goal, do it. You get trained with specialists and um, you learn from them from their experiences in aviation. So, in order to get professional, uh, get a professional training. You know, I think um, most people they kind of can see when they travel with the airlines you know, what are the responsibilities of a, a commercial flight attendant. But with your experience, if you can paint the picture of a corporate flight attendant in the current day, um, what is it like? What are the realities, maybe the good realities, the not, um, the not so good realities and expectations? Um, if you can paint that picture for us, because I feel like uh, maybe people may not know the difference so much. Well, a job is just a job until it becomes a passion. And then everything comes um, very naturally. Being a corporate flight attendant is not easy. Um, it's an extremely demanding job, exhausting at times, but also extremely challenging. It makes you realize that you can do impossible things and not uh, infrequently push your limits. Because aviation is about the people and for the people. Um, it's about a smile offered, during a flight that can bond friends, um, a word said that can end a dispute because sometimes you have uh, you can have unruly passengers or not so not so polite passengers. Uh, it's about courage, perseverance, uh, about a thank you that says a thousand words, about offering the customers um, an unforgettable flying experience. Um, you need. You need to have many qualities to be able to face these challenges, but I think empathy is the most important one. Well, 
as well as patience, because sometimes you feel like you cannot do it anymore until you can. But discretion is essential. Um, creativity is essential. Uh, flexibility. And uh, it's an uh, ever-changing environment. It's a, um, it's a luxury environment. Um, you deal with the different personalities of, uh, of clients with different needs. You can have a royal family as your guest. You can have head of state as your guest or millionaires or oligarch, you name it. But you have to know how to manage uh, your time uh, effectively during a flight. Um, you have to be um, very uh, creative. You have to be very open to be very open-minded with your colleagues, with uh, everyone you get in contact with um, for a flight. So um, I think also that experience in customer service or experience in a hotel industry or hospitality is a plus if you want to um, achieve a job as a corporate flight attendant. You know, you, you talk a lot about um, just like some of the challenges that flight attendants have to go through and then the resilience that they need to have. Yes. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts. In September of 2022, so just last year, an American Airlines flight attendant was assaulted during a flight from Mexico to California. Um, you can see the video footage on social media, but a man got up and punched a flight attendant from the back. It was devastating to watch that. What was your reaction to this news? Well, I recall that something like this happened to one of my colleagues on a, on a commercial flight. I was the, um, the senior cabin crew of that flight. Um, but, you know, in aviation, there is a rule that everybody should know. Um, is a common sense rule. Don't touch flight attendants because um, we don't we don't like to be uh, tapped or to be grabbed or to be um, uh, touched. We are there for the, for the safety of the passengers, for their safety. So this is practically the primary role of flight attendants. But sometimes things like this happens, and um, we are trained to react in a very professional manner because we don't have to put in danger the safety of the other passengers and the safety of the flight itself. Um, these are special um, um, circumstances that comes along with a job, which is a, a job full of responsibilities and hard work. But flight attendants are trained to know um, that there is a, such a possibility in the aircraft. Um, we have a chain of command in the aircraft. We have to inform the captain immediately and take action with our fellow colleagues from that flight because we are not allowed to let the situation escalate in something uh, more dangerous. Passengers are sometimes unaware, let's say, of the security measures enforced by flight attendants when necessary. Although concern for passenger comfort and satisfac satisfaction is an um, essential part of the job, Safety is always the priority of any flight attendant. And uh, the flight attendants are taught in special training courses. Um, you'll be surprised, but sometimes um, if something like this appears in the aircraft, the other passengers take action against this before we can do something. But um, we have to keep calm in this stressful situation. We are trained to be calm in any stressful situation and to be professional till the end. But it's not something uh, easy to watch or um, easy to uh, be part of it. For sure. You know, I, I have so much respect for flight attendants, especially when I was traveling as a new mom. Um, just having the support and having them come and check in on me and bring me water when, you know, I didn't ask for it. It's these things that really exactly. make it so special. I tell my, my husband's an airline pilot and I tell him all the time, you guys have the easiest job. You know, you just <laughs> fly the plane, press a bunch of buttons, but it's the flight attendants that are the heart of that trip and they make everything, you know, run smoothly and they deal with the passengers. So, so much respect for flight attendants, really. It's a lot of training behind us, you know, because, and you have to really like the job because otherwise working with people is very difficult. And if you don't if you don't love what you do, it's very difficult to deal with something like this. But um, we um, uh, we are going through very tough trainings during uh, the whole career. So we are trained to be professional, practically 
till the end. We have to be professional. Well, I'm glad we talked about the realities of flight attendants because, you know, they are a big part of our industry. And um, I feel like sometimes we just don't give the the space for them to talk about, you know, some of the things that they go through in their profession. Um, so we talked about the realities, but I want to ask you, you know, the one advantage of a flight attendant, which you know more than anybody, is that you have endless opportunities, you know, to see the world, to visit new places. What has been one of your most cherished memories throughout your career? I think that uh, making friends and keeping these friendships all over the year, um, it is it was something that I treasured very much. Because um, um, aviation is about different people, very brave people. And we have, uh, we used to say that we have um, this special bond between us, you know, because we uh, laugh of the same jokes, probably the other ones outside the aviation that don't understand these jokes. But um, being a friend and being there uh, for the others, I think it's very important and I cherish very much this friendship that I have. I have a friend that I've met in 1993. I used to fly at that time for the government of uh, Asia and Pakistan. And we're still friends since then. And she's living in uh, in Amsterdam, in Holland. And uh, we, are visit- we are visiting each other once in a while. And uh, this is, for me, is the most important thing. I, th- I know that I can rely on her, even if I cannot see her all the time. But having friends all over the world, I think this is the most important. And this is my, uh, my, my secret, let's say. You know, the one thing that you bring to this conversation um, is the international perspective. Uh, because you live abroad um, compared to the U.S. and you've worked in the U.S. as well. Um, in what ways does the flight attendant sector in the U.S. compare to Europe? Is there many or like big differences? Is it? very similar. How would you compare the two? Well, um, if we are talking about um, um, private aviation, then uh, there is a difference because 60% of the private aviation sector is in is in the United States. So the salaries, let's say, are bigger in the uh, United States and in Europe, if we are talking about corporate flight attendants. But um, if we are talking about um, commercial flight attendants, um, what can I say? There are so many, um, um, in the United States, 79 or more than 79% of us flight attendants are uh, women, yeah. right? Even though that the first known flight attendant in the world was a German male. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Um, then this was in 1912, and then practically in 1930, Ellen Church was uh, known as the first flight attendant and was hired by uh, by Boeing. He was a former nurse. But um, um, piloting is no longer an exclusively male profession, just as flight attendants are no longer exclusively female. So... Um, we can we can find in corporate aviation now many women pilots, women aviation mechanics, engineers, dispatchers, or traffic control, controllers. Uh, aviation is now extremely competitive and uh, open to anyone with the skills to carry out tough physically and mentally demanding jobs. I can say that I saw uh, many female involved in this uh, part of the engineering or mechanics in the States more than in Europe. But if we are talking about commercial airlines, uh, the differences between um, uh, commercial airlines, um, I think that the um, the training uh, is different. It's a little bit different in uh, Europe than in uh, United States. Um, flight attendants in U.S. must be trained on uh, every aircraft in these large fleets, like American. They have United or Delta. They are undergoing uh, training programs that uh, generally last uh, seven to eight weeks. And uh, only three or four days are set aside for service training. Carriers in Europe um, only require their crew to qualify for a few types of aircraft, allowing more time to be focused on their um, overall service training. And um, European airlines have um, 
regulations in place that uh, limit cabin crew to only three or four aircraft type certifications. And then they have time to, for two full weeks, devoted to, let's say, economy service training. Uh, flight attendants as, at major European carriers are required to spend a year or more dedicated to service in a particular class before they can apply for training in higher classes. So um, after crew complete, let's say, one, two years in economy, they can apply for two weeks worth of business class training, and then they are dedicated to business class for another one, two year. And this process will uh, repeat for first class, uh, senior flight attendant and purser. Um, with this sort of experience-based systems, crew are able to spend more time learning that, uh, the intricacies of their product. Um, on board position in US, airlines are strictly dictated by seniority rather than formal training and certification. So practically, uh, this often means that jobs requiring a lot of hands-on labor are given to um, inexperienced flight attendants in direct opposition to the logic of good service. So, um, for example, the business class galley is considered to one of the most junior positions on the airplane due to the heavy workload. But a crew that is the, uh, but a crew member that is um, unfamiliar with the standard uh, the standards of this premium class runs the risk of falling short and in some cases uh, far too short of passengers' expectations. So another difference, I think, it is the um, the age at which uh, crew are hired and retired um, in um, uh, Europe and in um, United States as well. So, um, um, for example, um, in the Middle East and in Europe, um, they love to hire people while they are young and very uh, impressionable, and they start um, working um, in Europe um, at 18, year old, uh, 18 years uh, of age and um, in the Middle East of uh, 20 or 21 years age. Um, but since their employment contracts require them to spend a year or more in each class before they can apply for promotions, many flight attendants leave the company after only a few years. They, they are unwilling to spend the necessary time to attain the status of a senior flight attendant or purser. So this high turnover rate enables um, airlines to keep their crew young and apparently serve models well enough to be profitable. In Europe, um, the state of retirement age is between uh, 55 and uh, 67 years old in their employment policies. In Romania, for example, you can be retired of, of 50 years old if you have at least 20 years of flying, of continuous flying. Um, so the rules practically are a little bit uh, different. In United States, um, the retirement age, it's, a, um, it's like a fear of litigation. So practically the result is a large pool of crew members uh, with 40 years and plus experience. Uh, you know that uh, there is that uh, um, flight attendant uh, who was 70 years old, Beth, Beth Nash, who flew practically for seven, for, who flew all her life. Wow. <laughs> so it's quite a difference a little bit, but um, um, for private aviation, um, the most important market remains America, which accounts um, more than 60% of private jet air traffic, uh, followed by Europe and then the Middle East. The salaries are higher for uh, CFAs, for corporate flight attendants in the uh, United States and in Europe. Um, the companies are looking to hire people who are qualified, uh, properly trained, and who can provide customers with an unforgettable flying experience. If we are talking about cost of the trainings in America, in the United States, uh, the cost of the training for corporate flight attendants is higher, is higher than in Europe. So, um, um, even so, 
um, people they still want to work in the same environment that uh, they used to and business aviation is a very um, uh, luxury environment and um, it's very appealing for everyone even if you um, start flying in commercial aviation at some point you want to switch to a corporate flight uh, to a corporate flight position it's more rewarding let's say than the commercial aviation the clients are different the environment is different the travel conditions are different um, um, hotels accommodations are different destinations are different so yeah it's let's say it's more appealing but this this comes with more more responsibilities than uh, than for a commercial flight attendant i would imagine cuz with the the commercial sector everything is you know you have so many you have a team basically behind you the airline to help yes. um coordinate everything but for these smaller corporate companies you might not have that so i would imagine that your responsibilities would be a lot more exactly and um you work more yeah you work harder when you are alone it's very challenging to work alone to work solo on an aircraft but you have more responsibilities if you work in a big uh, crew then the um, uh, responsibilities uh, are uh, different for each of the team members so they are split between the team members that's all very interesting perspective that i did not think about before in terms of the comparison of commercial and corporate as well as U.S. and Europe. So thank you for breaking all of that down. Roxandra, I'm interested to know, when you think of aviation, it's a very male-dominated industry. And what's so unique about flight attendants is that they're a big part of our industry. They contribute significantly. And um, you mentioned this number, 79% of U.S. flight attendants are women, which is incredible. What can we do as an industry to better support flight attendants as a whole? I think that um, I'm a very, I'm a feminist and I strongly believe that the woman can do absolutely anything in aviation. So um, if we uh, consider that um, the majority of the flight attendants today are women, although there is a growing number of male and transgender as well, um, this change um, in the industry is due in part to changing social norms and the increased acceptance in people of all genders in the workplace. Um, it is also due in part to efforts by uh, labor unions to achieve equity for all workers, regardless of gender identity. But despite these changes, most airlines still prefer to hire female flight attendants. This is because they believe that uh, women are better suited for this job than men, and uh, due to their, let's say, uh, compassionate nature and uh, very good communication skills. But um, in the aviation industry, there are organizations uh, that offers a lot of opportunities when it comes to education. And uh, I think that this is a good thing. All the scholarship programs offered by this uh, organization are real chances for the people um, willing to do more for their career uh, willing to evolve or to start a path in this aviation industry. I think that the resources are unlimited and people want to help train new aviation professionals. Uh, That's because the flight attendant job offers a freedom of um, movement and um, financial independence that it's very hard to overlook. And... Um, uh, if you ask me, I encourage everybody to try because it is worth it. The important thing is to do something about it, to go further in the fulfillment of the dream, uh, not giving up, because uh, it's not always a very um, neat um, path. But if you're wise enough to accept um, a specialized help from people with proven experience in the field, that they will make them learn and develop to achieve their chosen goal. You can have a mentor. Um, there are a lot of organizations with some amazing mentoring programs. And uh, if you find a mentor, and then they'll give you uh, a simple advice to take action. So most people say that they want something, but they, are, they aren't willing to make the sacrifices and commitments to make the dream possible. And um, I advise them to take courage to dare. And mentors are uh, 
all over. You just have to look and you just have to ask for help because everybody is willing to give back to the industry what they have. So that's the biggest thing I think for some people is just making the ask. But when you do, that opens up so many resources and support. Um, it's just all it takes is just to make an ask. And if someone says no, then that's okay. You can, you know, shouldn't deter you from asking others. I'd like to pivot a little bit here and talk about your company, Train Aviation. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what inspired you to start this business? Uh, my company um, was founded in um, um, 2015. Um, I decided in 2015 that it's time to do something um, uh, for my soul because train aviation practically is my sole project. I'm the founder and I'm the manager of this company. This is the only business aviation agency in Romania um, that is offering professional training session and recruitment for future flight attendants in business aviation and in commercial aviation as well. And uh, without any requirements of previous aviation experience training. So practically any person who is over 18 years old knows English at least um, uh, at an intermediate level and wants to work in a completely different but uh, dynamic and extremely challenging and rewarding field can participate in, uh, in our trainings. We have um, a range of courses for flight attendants for both commercial and private airlines. We do also um, tailored customer service courses for airlines. And we do recruitment events for commercial and for business aviation. Our brand training, um, the VIP corporate etiquette and silver service for corporate flight attendants um, is the starting point for anyone wishing to become a corporate flight attendant. It's an extremely elaborate course in line with the current business aviation standards and um, marking requirements. Um, I am... Um, uh, personally, um, uh, training uh, uh, my trainees during this program, um, along with uh, another internationally certified trainer. And uh, we are always up to date with the latest trends in the field. I constantly participate uh, in international aviation events, trainings and conferences in order to offer to my trainees the latest news and innovation in the industry. But... Um, by the time when I um, decided to start a company, it comes as a natural step in my professional development because at that time I was still flying as a corporate flight attendant, but um, I um, but already since the 2007, I was um, an international certified trainer. I was teaching in flight and customer service courses in my company. And I was um, very involved in the process of um, helping others to fall in love with the job and pursue a career in aviation. So it comes very natural to continue to do what I love most. Um, then I started to prepare candidates for airline interviews. And uh, I had the chance to train thousands of flight attendants who today are flying with the best airlines in the world. But I think that... Um, Success in business aviation comes down to motivation, determination, and the desire to grow. And also you need, let's say, personality. If you ask me what means or what it looks like, I can tell you that when I teach someone new, new with less than six months to a year of experience or none at all, the reason I do it is because I know that she, he will understand. I trust that um, they'll approach any situation with a skilled, hardworking, um, fast learning, passionate and detail-oriented attitude. You just have to give someone a good reason to trust you. There is also beauty in, the, in this naivety of those who come to the core thinking that corporate aviation will be a quick and smooth transition from, from uh, wherever you enter it. Some of them aren't sure that they have what it takes, the qualities necessary to do this. Um, others are way too sure and get it wrong. For each of them, I can say that I am a guardian of their future career because um, some of them will not expect to succeed. 
So I will have to prove to them with arguments that they have the necessary qualities to succeed. And for those people, I become their mentor, um, the line of their future career. Someday um, in the future, they will know that uh, they owe me their career in aviation because I believed in them. I guided them. I saw something in them and I took a chance with them. But they are the reason why I'm where I am. I will never forget this. My personal success is not an individual mission. It's a group effort. And I love doing that. I do. I'm really, really in love with aviation. And um, I'm always guided by do what you love and love what you do. I love that. That's incredible. It really is. Um, Because I I would think that at least when I got into aviation, I was so intimidated and I constantly doubted myself. So I, I would imagine having someone like you who is so experienced and, you know, has this company behind her telling, you know, someone that they can do it, that they just need to believe in themselves. That could be very powerful. Because at some point somebody told me the same, Yeah, that uh, I have to do this because I'm, I'm great and I, I don't have to stop it. If I want something, go for it. So um, this was uh, something that I, 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 I will never forget. That's beautiful. Uh, as a business owner and, you know, you're a woman, which is incredible. You have this company in aviation. What have been some of your key takeaways of being an entrepreneur and starting your own business? It's not easy to, uh, to run a company because... Um, it comes with a lot of challenges. Um, you have to be always um, prepared for anything. You have to work to bring trainees. You have to uh, be in constant um, um, touch with them to be aware of what aviation me- means these days. That's why I uh, always says that uh, we have to participate to all these um, um, international um, conferences and to connect with other people from um, all over the world because it is how we, we find out about uh, the trends in aviation. We, we find out about uh, everything that is new. Um, I realized that um, um, being also the vice president for an American nonprofit organization, Women in Corporate Aviation, uh, which is a privilege for me and an honor. Uh, I realized that, um, um, and I've learned that um, uh, this organization promotes opportunities in business aviation, um, and it's also a very nice place to network, to mentor the others, and um, um, to learn from from each other. Because I've learned a lot uh, being vice president for women in corporate aviation, and I I use this knowledge. Um, developing my own um, company. I am their first non-American vice president. Uh, This year we celebrate 30 years. And um, this organization was founded 30 years ago by an incredible woman, Elizabeth Clark. Uh, She's a career pilot. And um, she decided 30 years ago to promote women in this exclusively at least at that time, it was exclusively a male-dominated world of business aviation. And she understood the needs for women to be equal to men in this um, exclusive industry. So um, um, she decided to put together women in this organization. Now we have also male members, definitely. And um, to um, promote career opportunities for women and for men, to highlight role models and leaders uh, in the profession. Um, With WCA, we train and mentor the new generation of professionals, and we try uh, through what we do to be models for those who follow in our footsteps. And connecting with others, I think it's a sense of being open and available to another person, uh, sharing the same aspirations, and sh- same goals, and each person feels valued, seen, and heard. 
and these relations, these relationships, uh, international relationships, let's say, create um, a mutual um, beneficial global system in which increasing your network also increases your effectiveness and uh, helpfulness in professional settings. So it helps me a lot um, managing my company and uh, the people in the company and what I do. You know, I, I met you um, at an co- aviation conference and you're representing women in corporate aviation. But what I what I really admire about your organization is that it is a really um, tight knit group of people that really are there to support each other. And, um, you know, it's it's not as big as some of the other organizations, which I think is really special because you can create those personal bonds and meet people um, that just feels more personable and one-on-one. We are like a family, you know, because if something happened to one of us, we everybody knows and everybody uh, is very supporting with the people and uh, with a person and stuff like that. So uh, we are really like a family. Yeah. Really. And I feel that and I'm very happy because we have exceptional members. We know each other and I'm very happy that um, during these international conferences, I, I had the chance to meet them the ones that uh, that I know only from virtual meetings or stuff. So I'm very happy about it. That's incredible. So we're going to start wrapping up this conversation. Um, and I just want to take a moment to talk about your style. Maybe it's because you're European, but in every picture online, and certainly when I met you in person at that conference, <laughs> you, have an incre- you have just such great style. You had an incredible outfit on, and I noticed that you wear like your signature red lipstick. You look so well put together. Where does your style inspiration come from? Being a cabin crew all my life, I had to take care of my appearance all the time. And I love to be immaculate in front of the guests and I love to dress myself when I'm not uh, working. And uh, the rest, the red lipstick that you talk about it, um, it's something that gives me more confidence. Yeah. Um, You know, uh, I was reading somewhere that was saying that even when you have a bad hair day, wear a red lipstick and you will change your mood definitely <laughs> so and red lipstick was allowed and it is allowed in aviation yeah there is an airline who uh, wears this red lipstick emirates is that um, everybody knows that uh, flight attendants from emirates they are allowed to wear this red lipstick but red lipstick it is allowed in aviation so um it brings you more confidence i love to say that I love being feminine too. Um, when I was flying around the world, I wore red lips, uh, sorry, I wore red nail polish and someone noticed it and commented. And I said, I don't know what it is. Like I, I'm doing this very big, you know, undertaking of flying around the world, but I still want to feel feminine and I like to look down and see, you know, red nail polish. So I can relate to the fact that these things make us feel just a little bit more empowered and confident. (laughs) Finally, this is a question that I ask all of our guests who comes on. What is the best advice you've received as a woman in aviation that you can pass along to the listening audience? I think I can use the one that guides me. Do what you love, love what you do because you're great and believe you can and you're halfway there. I love that. That's amazing. Roxandra, thank you so much for joining us. I truly, this has been a very insightful and inspiring conversation. I can only imagine those who are listening are just as inspired. You're doing an incredible, you're just an incredible role model and person in our industry. I'm so privileged to have met you and thank you for coming and joining us today. The pleasure is mutual. Thank you so much for inviting me to this, uh, to to do this podcast. Thank you.